Attention Disney enthusiasts, film fans, and those who have grown up with and have been inspired by Disney animation films. Drawn to Greatness, Disney's animation renaissance tells the story of Walt Disney Studios' hit animated films of the 1990s. This incredible book, written by celebrated author and 20-year Walt Disney World veteran Michael Lyons, provides the chronological story of how a group of Disney artists trained by legends who had worked on the studio's classic films believed in the power of storytelling. Each Disney animated film from this era is captured in first-hand detail, including how the blockbuster success of The Lion King was a circle-of-life moment for the studio, how The Nightmare Before Christmas went from a forgotten project to a scary success, how Toy Story took animation to infinity and beyond, and so much more. Get your copy of Drawn to Greatness, Disney's Animation Renaissance today at Amazon.com or through Michael's website, wordsfromlions.com. If you order through his website, Michael will sign and personalize the book to you. Again, that's wordsfromlions.com, L-Y-O-N-S.com. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Hi, I'm Scott Jacobs, and this is Season 2 of The Mouse and Me. On the show, I'll chat with my pals who come from all walks of Disney life, including Imagineers, dancers, technicians, directors, musicians, and stuntmen, and Broadway friends who have worked on stage and behind the scenes. We'll talk attractions, shows, food, characters, tips and tricks for planning your trip and navigating the parks, and more. Now, put on your Mickey ears or your princess crown and enjoy season two of The Mouse and Me. Hello, everyone. I'm glad you found your way to The Mouse and Me. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm glad you're here. And if you're returning, I'm glad you're back. Last week, Karen talked about her long and incredible career as a cast member on Disney Cruise Line, working for Disney Vacation Club, and her time singing with Voices of Liberty at the American Pavilion in Epcot, where she's still singing. On one of our trips to Epcot, we saw and listened to Karen perform, and she really does have the voice of an angel, and her personality matches. I'm excited for you to listen to part two of my interview with her, where we continue our talk about her Voices of Liberty experiences, and we also talk quite a bit about the snacks in the parks, her favorite attraction, the best seats on Soren, her favorite show on board Disney Cruise Line, and so much more. And now, part two of my conversation with Karen Schreiner. How often do you have brush-up, understudy, or swing rehearsals, and, and how often is new material added to the shows? So uh, my first four years, there was no new material added. Then around 2013, there was a, a push to take the group in a little bit more of a modern direction. Um, not completely, but just adding, adding a few more Disney tunes, adding some more modern songs. It all started when Frozen came out. And within a month, we had a version of Let It Go. And we were like, gotta, gotta do it. So now we tend to get maybe one or two new tunes a year, but the craziest time would have been during COVID um, because we had to, we ended up getting like four new tunes in one rehearsal process. And, you know, if you're learning, if you're learning two or three parts, that's a lot. I think we all kind of, our brains all got about ready to explode uh, that particular <laughs> week. We do a couple rehearsal processes each year. We do a spring rehearsal process, which are about to start soon. And that's generally when we train in any new people who might be joining us. Uh, that's about a two week process. Then we'll usually do a brush up maybe five days in September. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do 
about a week long rehearsal for Christmas music. And that usually happens around Halloween. Do you have any highlight moments singing for Voices of Liberty? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite things I have ever done in my career is the Disney Candlelight Processional. I'm assuming you've seen Candlelight. I have not in person. I haven't been there at that time, but I have seen it on YouTube. So you you know what it is. And just I for, do. for any listeners who might not, Walt Disney started this tradition uh, back in Disneyland about 62 years ago. Um, and it is full orchestra and uh, about 200 singers. And the Christmas story, uh, traditional Christmas story from the Bible, traditional carols, uh, and a celebrity narrator every night. And it's performed three times a night from Thanksgiving till New Year's. And it's just such a, I can't even explain it, but it's, it's that show alone is probably, probably my favorite thing I've done in my career. And it's just so spectacular that you have, I mean, it's it gotta be about 300 performers between orchestra and singers. You have a cast choir, it's all volunteer cast choir members. They have done their job all day running Space Mountain and then they come over and they sing three shows at night because they love it. We have local and co uh, high school choirs, choirs from around the country who come to sing and the music is so gorgeous and the audience is so appreciative and it's, you know, it's so, part of so many people's uh, holiday tradition has been for years. And of course you end up getting to do shows with the celebrity narrators. So I've gotten to, to be on the stage with Neil Patrick Harris and Whoopi Goldberg and Gary Sinise. And I mean, there's countless, we've had these incredible opportunities to, to meet and, and, and perform with, with these great folks who, a lot of them come back year after year to do it because they love it too. Um, nice. So yeah, candlelight is definitely a highlight for me. And gosh, I'm probably I'm probably blanking on some of the some of the bigger ones. Oh, okay. This I'll, I'll wrap this up here. But um, anyone who's very familiar with Voices of Liberty, we have a signature song. It is called Golden Dream, um, and it is played in the American Adventure Theater Show. Um, it was written for that show, and then our um, arranger was asked to make an arrangement for voices to sing. And um, it is a really amazing song. It's an incredible arrangement, and there's a male soloist and a female soloist. And I, when I started in the group, I was like, oh, someday, someday I want to sing that Golden Dream solo. And in, I guess it was been 4th of July, 2019, we were doing our shows in the rotunda and our shows are packed on the 4th of July, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Everyone's feeling super patriotic and we were not going to be doing golden dream because we'd actually done it previously uh, already that day on the big stage. But the uh, president of Epcot entertainment happened to be there and she requested golden dreams. Like, okay, obviously we're doing golden dream. Right. And right. For, for whatever reason, for the way that solos worked out, I actually got to sing Golden Dream, the solo, on the 4th of July with Voices of Liberty. And I was like, well, again, career high. I've, I've made it now. If, nothing, if I do nothing else in my life, I've, I've done okay. So that was, that was a highlight too. That's awesome. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> Good for those in the audience. Yeah, it was, it was quite a show, quite a day. Now, I know you've been to Disneyland Paris. Talk to me about your time there. I was only there for uh, for one day, um, and actually, my 
my husband and I got married in Paris. We got, uh, we eloped in front of the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. And we said, there's no way we're going to be here without uh, taking the train out to Disneyland Paris. And I absolutely loved it. I I thought it was one of the most beautiful parks I'd ever seen. Um, I, particularly the castle. I think it's, I think it's, don't, you know, don't tell down here. I think it's the prettiest castle. Um, and it's I've a, seen photos and I cannot wait to see it yes. in person. And it's, the the way that the the architecture the, the the trees around the castle it's designed to look a little more sleeping beauty esque and i've i've always loved that uh angular animation style of sleeping beauty where the the trees are flat and everything's very tall and so the shrubs and the trees around the castle kind of have that look to them which i think adds to the beauty of it um yeah i we had nothing but lovely things to say about it we um, thought, thought the rides were great. Um, we, we are both big fans of Ratatouille. So we, we mm-hmm. rode Remy's Ratatouille adventure there before it came to Epcot, of course. So um, we had we got to experience the, the original one in France. Um, what I did love, I have to admit, about Disneyland Paris was there's the two parks. And we were able to do them both um, and feel like we'd gotten pretty much everything we wanted to do in one day. Nice. Um, now, had we had more time, we would have spent one day per park. But okay. it was nice to know. It was nice to be at a, a park and be like, okay, I I don't feel like we missed something major or that we didn't use our time well. Um, and I also found I, I like the fact that you could just walk from one park to another. Um, it kind of like I mean, I've never been to Disneyland in California, unfortunately, but something similar to that where you just walk from one park to another. I, I really like mm-hmm. that aspect of it too. So you need to get out to Disneyland. I know. I want to so bad. To walk in the park where Walt walked. Exactly. Like, like, And some people think I'm insane and I, I really don't care what they think. <laughs> um, you can feel it. You can feel his presence. You, you can see his touch his on that park. That's what, that's what so many of my friends who've gone out there have said. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's on my bucket list. It is, it's going to happen. I personally would love to pair it with a trip to Olani someday. Mm. Oh, oh, and there's uh, there's something else that, that I recently did while I was out in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. I took the drive. It must have taken me like three months to get there. Or at least it seemed like it. We, we drove to Burbank and we oh. did a tour of the Walt Disney Studios. Oh, cool. Super cool. Wor- worth Inc- the drive? Oh, Absolutely. Incredibly fast. It, it probably took about an hour 20 um, each way. <laughs> In but LA traffic, though, you never know. It, it was so worth it. And it was so interesting. And just the, the campus is beautiful. And you go into Walt's office. Wow. It's oh. crazy. Oh, I'm so yeah, I know. Let's go. I know. I'll, I'll I'll shoot you a text uh, when we disconnect. I'll send you a shot of me in his uh, office. Me too. Oh, I'd love to see that. If you could have any Disney park to yourself for a day, what park would it be and what would you do? Oh, gosh. Um, okay. I, from what I've heard, Tokyo Disney Sea is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so, because I've never been there and uh, I, I know that it's a very popular park, I think I'd probably pick that one so that I could just take it all in. I didn't have to worry about rushing through and I could take the time to really, really look at all the little details. I, one of the things I love about all the Disney parks is the attention to detail. 
hundred um, percent. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things uh, about the Disney parks, and I know that from what I've heard, Tokyo Disney Sea it just takes that to the extreme. So um, that would be my pick to have by myself because I could just take all the time I wanted to like stop and look at every little thing. Okay. You get to create a new stage show for a Disney park. What kind of show are you creating and in what park will it be? Oh, man. All right. Well, I can't say like a new Voices of Liberty show. That's too, you know, that's just too selfish. <laughs> so um, I would say a, 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 a Broadway-style show like the shows that are on the ship. Um, because the, sh the shows on the ship are about 40, 45 minutes long, um, significantly longer than, uh, Beauty and the Beast or Finding Nemo or Voyage of the Little Mermaid. So I would say, uh, a Broadway style show like the ones on the ship, but maybe that, that runs in rep. So it's not always the same show. Um, mm. so at one point before the pandemic, they were discussing turning the town square theater in uh, Magic Kingdom, where Mickey does his meet and greets, they're talking about turning that into an active working theater with a brand new uh, stage and hot state of the art, everything. Mm. And I remember thinking, wouldn't it be amazing to have, you know, like the shows that Disney has done on Broadway, Poppins, Newsies, Beauty and the Beast, have them kind of truncated a bit to maybe about 45 minutes or so. And have them run in rep. So like one day it's Beauty and the Beast and the next day it's Tarzan. And so that way you, every time you're there, it's, it's the possibility of a, of a different show. And it would also be, I think a great place to, to ex not experiment, but to try things out. I mean, it's, you know, it's no secret that Frozen, the musical on Broadway exists because it was at the Hyperion in Disneyland. Um, and Aladdin, the musical had its tryout on Disney Cruise Line as a, as a 45 minute show. So yeah, I would, I would say take these amazing Broadway shows that we have and, and put them a shorter version of them in, in the parks. Um, sure. and, and same cast. I mean, I would love that, but, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I would say, yeah, probably you'd probably get, you'd want to get like a, a, a company that can do both, you know, sure. like, like the cruise line we did four, we did three shows and we, it was the same cast of 20 people. So you had to have people who could do a bunch of different stuff and a very, very diverse, uh, not only diverse um, if talent wise, but, you know, on the cruise line, the ships are incredibly diverse in, in, in their, uh, just the types of people they hire and sure. which is great. And I think it'd be really fun to see some of that uh, in Disneyland and Disney World as well. If you were in charge of the Disney parks, what, if any changes would you make? <laughs> I would bring back fast passes the way they used mm -hmm. to be. And I, it's probably because I'm a little technology ignorant. Um, but also <laughs> I, I had the fast pass thing down to a science. I was really mm -hmm. good at it. Um, and actually working for DVC helped. I learned a lot doing that. Um, but you know, I would, I, when people would visit, I would have, I get everything booked in there. And, and now like if people come to visit, they say, Hey, how does, how does the fast passes work? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, I don't, I don't even know anymore. Um, so I would, I, I definitely, for me, the old fast pass system worked better. I know that it's not as efficient as, as the new one, but for me, I, I, I work better. And, um, also I would, this is probably not going to come as a surprise, surprise to you. I would want more live entertainment. Um, mm -hmm. I would want to have back 
back when the park opened and there was entertainment on every corner, um, mm-hmm. you know, and multiple shows and, um, you know, uh, oh, I, I miss the Grand Floridian Orchestra. I would, I would want to bring back as much live entertainment as possible. Sure. Because that, I think, honestly, is what really sets Disney parks apart is that you can, you can go and you can hear a Voices of Liberty sing. And then you can go half a mile away and hear a mariachi band. Right, right. There's so many amazing people down here in, in Florida. The entertainment community is just wonderful. And I just would want to put as many of them to work as possible doing amazing things. And Walt was all about the live entertainment. So I think he'd appreciate that. A hundred percent. Karen, during every interview, I like to play some Disney games with my guest. What do you say? Disney game time? Bring it on. And now it's time to play Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Karen, I'm going to name three things, and you have to rank them in the order you prefer. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, Epcot. Epcot, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios. Okay. Now, is Epcot first because that's your home park? Uh, I'm a little prejudiced toward, for it, but um, actually, what it it's more because it's a park that you can literally just walk around. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can go. I can go to Epcot and not ride a single ride and just enjoy all the. I, I love all the countries. I love our our cultural representation program where we have, you know, it's coming back now. Um, it was a little iffy during COVID, but you know, you go to the Germany pavilion and you will be speaking with people who are from Germany. You mm-hmm. will go to England and they'll be, I, and I love that. I, I, I think that I know Epcot's not quite as Walt envisioned it, um, but I, I love it. And it's my favorite park to bring people to. Do you think he'd be proud of what Epcot is? I think he would be. Um, I think he would be very proud of it. I think he'd say, this is great. Now, let's do the other idea someplace else. But keep sure, this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Dole Whip, Mickey Ice Cream Sandwich, Mickey Pretzel. Okay. This There's a, there's a caveat to this. Dole Whip, Mickey Ice Cream Sandwich, Pretzel. Mm-hmm. If it's hot. Now, if it's a if it's a chilly, you know, Florida day, if it's in like the forties or fifties, um, I would obviously do the Mickey pretzel because it's warm. But sure. for ninety five percent of the year, Dole Whip, Mickey ice cream sandwich pretzel. What's your favorite flavor of Dole Whip? Pineapple. Have you ever had the orange or the lemon in Magic Kingdom? I have had the orange, and I I definitely liked it. Um, I like the I like the kind of tang of the of the um, pineapple. Plus, um. We're having Flower and Garden Festival right now at Epcot, and at the Pineapple Promenade, you have the Pineapple Dole Whip with a little bit of rum in it, and yes, that's amazing. Well, when you visit Animal Kingdom, you can get the Pineapple Dole Whip with rum in it as well. It's Wait, at Tamu Tamu Refreshments. It's in Africa right on, on a corner. I can get that all year round, and I haven't been? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, well, I guess Animal Kingdom is definitely up the list, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. So when I was there last week, I tried the 
orange Dole Whip for, for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I actually got the orange vanilla swirl. It, it was like a creamsicle. It was so good. And then the next day, I went to Storybook Treats, which is right mm-hmm. next to The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yes. And I got the lemon. Oh, Karen. Yeah. Game changer. Oh, boy. Okay. If you like lemon, you have to try it. It, it was so good. I was absolutely beside myself with how good the lemon was. So did you do a swirl or just the lemon? Just the lemon. Okay. Because I wanted sour as sour can be, and it it was sweet and sour at the same time. It did not disappoint. Okay. Check off. Going on the list. All right. If you could create a new Dole Whip flavor, what would it be? Ooh, what about raspberry? I think You can get a raspberry swirl or raspberry in Magic Kingdom in Adventureland. You've created it. it. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, we we sign away our our intellectual property, so, you know, they can have So do you like coconut by chance? I actually don't. You don't? Do you like vanilla? I do like vanilla. Because you can get the pineapple vanilla swirl in Adventureland as well, and that's quite good. That one I have had. In fact, I had that, gosh, about 10 days ago when my in-laws were in town. We made sure we got a Dole Whip after the Tiki Room. Nice. Well, all right. So next on your list is going to be lemon, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, I would love a text or a phone call with a full report. Okay. I will. And I'll send you a picture too. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do that. Do that. All right. The next Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Spice Road Table, Garden Grill, Regal Eagle Smokehouse. Oh, okay. Um You're killing me here because Spice Road and Garden Grill are two of my absolute favorites. Um, so I was raised in Ohio and I was raised very meat and potatoes. Like I didn't have Chinese food or Mexican food till I got to college. Oh, so wow. if I was bringing my family, because they're still very much that way, Garden Grill, because it's just that down home hoop to do. Plus I love I love that it rotates and you can see in the, in the, in the, the, the land boat ride. But for me personally, uh, I've gotten much more adventurous with food over the years as I've traveled. And so Spice Road Table, because it's a tapas and you can get like, you can try little bits of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, if I'm bringing me, my husband, some of our maybe more adventurous friends, I, I prefer Spice Road Table. That restaurant is phenomenal. It's so good. I ate there two out of the four days uh, last week. Yeah. Uh, my my favorites, uh, I tried, I had the curry chicken for the first time oh, yes. this last week and I got it both days. It, it was so good the first day and, and, and it wasn't like a soupy nope. curry. It was more like a dry rub curry. Yeah. It was so good. And my other go-to dishes there, I always get the shrimp, the spicy yep. shrimp. And it's not like spicy where you're going to start to sweat and you need a towel, yes. but it is it does have some spice to it. And I love the big pieces of garlic. Mm, and yes. I also get the cauliflower. Yes. I've had the cauliflower as well. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Solid, solid choices. Yeah. Mm, have you eaten at Regal Eagle Smokehouse? I have. Yes. How is it? So I actually really like it. it and I say this because it's right by where we work. So, you know, if I'm feeling, you know, if I, if I forget my lunch or I, I want something better, I can, always, I can go to Regal Eagle between, between sets. Okay. Um, so I love all their, all their, you know, the chicken and the, and the ribs, but it's going to sound silly, but they have an amazing salad. Like mm-hmm. I, salad is usually my last choice of things to eat, 
but it's um it's got pulled chicken like barbecue pulled chicken very lightly seasoned um delicious mixed greens and it has orange slices and grapefruit slices so you have this mm. citrus vinaigrette but it's only because you have those fruits in there um and the chicken is served cold so it's a very refreshing dish so if it's a really hot day and you're in the american pavilion um that's a great dish to get because uh, it's 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 light it's healthy it's going to give you a lot of energy and it's it's just it's very it's very refreshing nice all right the next Huey Dewey and Louie Tron Light Cycle Run Soren Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind Soren yeah Soren yeah I, I I it's it's my favorite yeah it's remarkable yes where's the best seat oh gosh you got middle um yep. obviously middle um I like to be at the very top where you can't yes. with feet dangling. A hundred percent. So the next Huey, Dewey, and Louie, because you spend a lot of time on vessels that float, Grand Fiesta Tour starring the three Caballeros, It's a Small World, Navi River Journey. I'm actually going to have to go with Grand Fiesta. Okay. Yep. I, I, um, I just always think that's a really fun ride. And um, if... If I'm if I'm honest with you, um, I tend to have had a margarita before I ride it. So, <laughs> you know, which makes everything fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Grand Fiesta's first. Mm -hmm. What so, about how does it's a small world and Navi River Journey? Uh, I out? would put small world and then Navi. Okay. Yeah. All right. If if for no other reason than I I, ha I blame Flight of Passage because Flight of Passage is such an incredible ride mm -hmm. um, that like you, you finish that and you're like, you're on such a high and then nothing Avatar can top that, not even a movie. So Right, right, right. I understand. Okay. The next Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Harmonious, Festival of the Lion King, Disney Festival of Fantasy Parade. Festival of the Lion King all the way. What a solid, solid show. Yeah, it is. It, it's so great. Um, Every time I see it, I get, uh, it's like the first time I'm seeing it. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely, definitely start with folk. Um, we, sorry, that's Disney slang, Festival of Lion King, folk. Right, that's right, right. Um, and so folk then, I, I loved Harmonious. Uh, I mm -hmm. thought Harmonious was a, a gorgeous show. I thought it really encapsulated a, 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 a harmonious, if you will, com com combining of the cultural aspect of Epcot with the Disney aspect of it. Singing the songs featured in the different countries and the different languages. I love that. Um, right. And that just ended, right? It did. Yes. Have they started I, taking down those big floats? The Stargate and the tacos? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And in fact, um, Epcot Forever uh, just reopened last night. Now, I, I was at work today, but I did not, I didn't walk through the park. So I'm assuming if Epcot Forever is back, then the Stargate must be gone. But I'm, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll have to let you know when I go to work tomorrow. Yeah, oh, please. I, I'd love to know. Yeah. All right. The next and last Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Okay. The Art of the Story, Twice Charmed, Golden Mickeys. Oh, wow. This is like asking me to choose between my children. Um, <laughs> so... <clears throat> 
All right. I'm going to say Golden Mickeys. Okay. As number one. Um, because I just, I had, I did it for three years. I loved doing that show. I loved it so much. And the, the, um, the lead character in it, um, who I got to understudy and play a couple times is me, a sort of slightly awkward young woman who doesn't quite believe in herself and, you know, uses the, the magic of these stories and these great characters to find her own, her own magic. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the song at the end of it is called who knows where a dream might lead. And I can't even say the lyrics without getting teary. So mm. we'll go with that. Um, okay. Now twice charmed, uh, is number two. And I love that show because it's the only completely original music show, musical show on any of the ships. It's completely original. There's yes, it's based on Cinderella, but it's all the music is original. The script is original. And I, I saw it actually when, cause it, it went on the magic in 2005. So when I was rehearsing for the wonder, uh, in Toronto in 2005, the current magic cast was rehearsing twice charmed. So we got to see a, a, a rehearsal for it. Um, it wasn't a dress rehearsal. It was, you know, no, no costumes, nothing. So I'd never seen it live. I'd never seen it real with costumes, but I loved the music. It was, it was very, if you, ha- if you haven't heard it, it's very wicked esque. It's very, um, Steven Schwartz. It's very, um, just great sort of modern musical theater. But then when I, when I got to perform in the magic, I finally got to, to do the show. And it, I really, I think Twice Charmed is an incredibly excellent show. And there's a reason it's lasted as long as it has. There's a reason it's been on the ships for, for 20 years. It's that good. Nice. And art of the story. I was in the original cast for that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, we did that uh, in 2006 because they needed an extra show for a 10 day Disney vacation club cruise we were doing. And it's a very, it's a very cool show. Um, there's not really any through line to it, um, but it really does. It highlights some really fantastic music that you don't hear a lot. Um, there's uh, some music from Tarzan, which is, which I love. I love Tarzan music. And then it opens with the bells of Notre Dame from Hunchback. Mm. And you do nice. the whole opening of that, and then you go into Topsy Turvy. And that, in my opinion, is such an, I won't even say it's underrated anymore, um, because I think people have discovered how fantastic it is over the years. Um, but for me, I, I like a show that has, that has a story. Um, so I, I prefer something that has a bit more of a through line than Art of the Story. But it was fun to do, for sure. Nice. Well, thank you for playing Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Do you have time to play one more game? Of course. Excellent. This game is called, As the Nose Grows, Pinocchio, True or False. Oh boy, okay. I'm going to give you a statement, and you have to tell me whether you think that statement is true or false. Okay. Here we go. I'm ready. The Walt Disney Company is one of the largest and most recognizable companies in the world, and everyone knows the name Disney, especially in its form as the logo of the Walt Disney Company. True or false, Walt Disney's autograph does not bring in as much money from collectors than movie stars and most United States presidents. Does not bring in as much. Does not bring in as much. It should, but I feel like I feel like it doesn't, so I'm going to say that's probably true. 
if you could change your answer, would you? Mm, yes. Okay, I would. So your answer would be false. It, it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. With, I'll go with false. Karen, that is correct. It is false. Oh, really? It, it does bring in more money than some movie stars and United States presidents. Oh, isn't cool. that crazy? I, I mean, that would. I would. I would hope so, but. You know, you never know. Sometimes, you know, getting Beyonce's autograph might be more important. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Walt's curvy, loopy signature has global recognition and the distinctive script of the Walt Disney Company logo is a stylized version of Walt's actual signature. Yes, I, I have seen his signature. I know it's it's not not quite that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one. The Disney Magic was the first ship in the Disney Cruise Line fleet, and its maiden voyage took place in 1998. The second ship in the fleet and the sister ship, as we discussed, is the Disney Wonder, mm -hmm. and it made its voyage about a year later in 1999. True or false, the Disney Magic and the Disney Wonder are both longer than Main Street USA at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. Oh, man. I First of all, I should know this. I know how long they are. But I don't know how long Matrix. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say yes because I've walked back and forth along those ships a lot. I'm gonna say yes. It is in fact true. Yes, correct. Okay. So Main Street is about 850 feet long, and both the Disney Magic and Wonder measure in at 964 feet. Yep. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Crazy. Yeah. All right. I have one more Pinocchio. True or false? Okay. Every Disney cast member has an oval-shaped name tag that's always positioned over their heart. Some are white, some are blue for the Walt Disney Legacy Award recipients, and all of the new Disney 100 name tags now have the cast member's name and their favorite Disney character on it. True or false? Walt Disney's name tag did not have his name on it. I'm gonna... I'm gonna say that's true. I'm gonna say that's true. It is true. So where the name is currently positioned, yeah. that's where the word Disneyland was on his name tag, and oh. Disneyland was in the color blue. Okay. On the top of the name tag was the letter D for Disneyland with Sleeping Beauty Castle in the middle. Hmm. And at the bottom was the number one because Walt was the first employee and cast member. Of course he was. Yeah, and this, when you think about that, that, gosh, his company – the founding of his the Disney Brothers Studio in 1923 that was the considered the start of the of the Walt Disney Company so that's why we're celebrating 100 years this year oh that's so interesting cuz for for a guy who insisted on a first name basis company you would have thought he would have had his name on the name tag but right right <laughs> so so you just mentioned 100 years i'm opening my desk so you hear a little clickety clackety sounds here okay. so um a former student who worked as an Imagineer out at the Disneyland Resort and her sister who worked in special events at the Disneyland Resort. Both of them were guests on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Kate owns her own company. She's an incredible artist and her sister Savvy, Savannah, works with her as well. They both made me, this was a gift from my wife uh, to me as, uh, I want to say Christmas mm -hmm. or Hanukkah or it was some holiday in December. I don't remember which. But so this pen has a little image of Walt on it. Aww. And the wood that you see is yeah. 100 years old. It's made from the wood that was in Walt's garage where his very first studio was. So I'm holding a pen that's 100 years old that was part of Walt Disney history. Wow. Is that not crazy? That's 
That's amazing. Like I, I want to reach through the screen and (laughs) and hold it. (laughs) So in February, when we head back down to Walt Disney World, I will bring the pen with me, and hopefully, you and I will get to see each other. And you know, you'll use the pen. Yes, I will. I will. I'll just write. You know, just the the date or something. Just something. It has some really good weight to it. It's very heavy, mm-hmm. and it it really is quite beautiful. And I I actually ordered a pen through her for a friend of mine, and just the craftsmanship really second to none. So nice. yeah, so you mentioned hundred years, and I thought about that pen. Yeah. <laughs> well, Karen, thank you for playing Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And as the nose grows, Pinocchio, true or false? I hope you had fun. I sure did. I learned a lot. At the end of every interview, I like to ask my Disney Fab Five questions in honor of the original Disney Fab Five, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, and Pluto. Yes. Who is your favorite character from the movies? Belle. Why yeah. Belle? Um, I was a little girl with brown hair who loved to read. And mm. when I first saw that movie and that opening scene happened... I felt like I was watching a Broadway show. And I, I, this, honestly, at 12 years old, I was already a performer. I'd already been singing. But at 12 years old, I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Whether it's being the voice for a character or just being in a number like this. Um, and and she just, she reminded me so much of, of me. And, you know, kind of kind of still does. And so, yeah, she yeah, she's my girl. Who's your favorite character to meet in the parks? Pluto. Oh yeah, why? Um, because he's just so joyful. He's just he's such a a, a a force of joy, basically, and and he gets so excited to to see you, and you can just you know, give him belly rubs or scratch his ears, and <laughs> um, and I did have an experience uh, when I was hanging out with Pluto on the ship where um, we got to meet a service dog. Mm. And Pluto and this service dog hung out for probably about five minutes, and they were just rolling around on the atrium floor, just playing like like just like like dogs would play. And um, so he he is my he is my absolute favorite character to meet. Give him a, give him a belly rub and a, a scratch in his ears. Nice. If you could ask any character a question, who would you ask, and what would you ask? That's a good one. Um. I would say, I guess I would ask Mickey, how do you feel about being an icon? You know, mm. how, how do you feel about the fact that your silhouette is one of the most recognizable, like you can go pretty much anywhere in the world and see those three circles and they will they will recognize that and they'll know who it is and it'll make them happy. So I, mm. that's what I'd ask him. I was like, hey, you know, you came from humble beginnings. You know, is it overwhelming? Are you, are you, do you wish you'd stayed in anonymous or are you, are you okay with this? I would I'd ask him about his, how he feels being an icon. Nice. If you can have one special quality of any Disney character, what would it be? <laughs> um, I would say I would want to have the bravery and the confidence of someone like, like Merida or, or um, some of our more, I guess, more, more modern princess types who 
um, they have this they have this confidence to them that I think a lot of the princesses in the past maybe didn't have. We started to see more of that with with your aerials and your bells and stuff, but um, your Merida's, your your Rapunzel's, these these girls who will they they go out and they they go out of their comfort zone and they look for for what means something to them and they go after what they want not in a not in an aggressive way or a or a um uh a egotistical way but in a in a way that just evokes this this confidence in themselves and i'm always trying to find that um and so I, our, our, our modern kind of princesses, I'm really liking the way that they're going. So I'd say, I'd say that. Okay. The last one. It's a doozy. Okay. If you could spend a day with Walt Disney, what would you do? <laughs> well, if I could only spend one day with him, if I could only spend one day with him, I would actually take him, I'd bring him to Epcot and I would let him sit at the edge of the red circle and I would let him listen to a Voices of Liberty set because Walt was a very patriotic guy. And there's something about sitting there, listen, you know, live entertainment, which he loved, patriotic spirit, which he loved, hearing some of his, his own music like we would do a dream is a wish your heart makes or when you wish upon a star and, and just let him, let him experience that, not take him to the box seats at Broadway have him sit on the floor of the red circle with all the other people. Cause I know that's what he loved to do. He loved to walk through the parks and he loved mm-hmm. to see other people enjoying the parks. Um, so if I had one day with him, plus I know Epcot was kind of the last thing he last dream he really had. And I would want to show him your dream happened. It became a reality and, and I'm a, a, such a small part of it, but it's such an honor and a privilege to be a small part of that dream. Nice. Well, Karen, it's been an honor and a privilege for me to chat with you for the last hour and a half. Thank you for for being a guest and, and for sharing about your time in Voices of Liberty on Disney Cruise Line and the work that you did with Disney Vacation Club and talking about Dole Whip and, and you have <laughs> to send me that lemon Dole Whip photo. And wait, what, what photo am I sending you again? Oh, gosh, you're sending me. Oh, forgetting. All I can think of is the pen now. I'm like, I'm stuck on the pen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I listen back and yeah. edit this, I'll I'll send you the right photo. Awesome. I promise. <laughs> well, Karen, thank you so much for being here. And I will see you in February. Yes. And don't be coming down here and not seeing me like you did last time. I know. I know. I am. <laughs> tell me that. I, I, I beg for forgiveness. Well, have a great night and we'll chat soon. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Well, bless my soul, Scott is on a roll. Hi, this is Thalia, the muse of comedy from Hercules, and you've just listened to another episode of The Mouse and Me. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to the show, rate it, leave a review, and tell all your friends. If you didn't like it, keep your mouth shut. Be sure to follow The Mouse and Me on social media and support the show at patreon.com slash themouseandme. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash themouseandme. That's all for now, babies. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have the best day ever. See you real soon. Come on, Hercules. Hercules.